listeners. Today on Frontline Rewind, it's Girls Gone Wild. Woo! Woo! This Not is really. Adele Meisenheimer, your typically your executive producer, but today I'm the host. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'm here with Ricky Michelle Palmer. She goes by Ricky Michelle. That's her stage artist name. I'm going to call her Michelle today because we're friends and that's what I call her. We'll find out how she got her nickname, Ricky Michelle, in a little bit. But uh, the reason why I asked Les if I could host this show today is because Michelle released a new album called Push, and it's really female-infused. She's got her writing and performing and the famous Margaret Becker producing and co-writing. So I thought, you know what? I think we need a female interview today. I'm liking it. Yeah. I think right. you're on the right track. Thank you. Thank you. As executive mm -hmm. producer, I get to make these types of decisions. Yeah. You're the boss. <laughs> you do whatever Thank you. you want. Thank you. And what really also brought us today is to talk about an album that was released many moons ago. Michelle's first album called Big Big Town. Mm -hmm. It was released on Broken Records in 1989. I was going to ask you if you knew, because I had no idea. I just know that I was really, really young. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do we want to say how old you were? I was probably in my early 20s, I think, Sounds if that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe. I think she was a little underage. 89? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Twenty, almost 22. Yeah. All right. Good. And uh, that was on Broken Records, mm -hmm. uh, which was... Something that was put out by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and then later those projects ended up being on Brainstorm Artists International, yes. mm -hmm. which was the label put together by Gene Eugene and Ojo Taylor. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how this came about that we're, I'm involved in what we're going to talk about today is because my music group has a distribution situation and I'm just helping the Brainstorm Artists projects get out kind of, kind of out of the vault you might say on a digital level so we're gonna release big big town digitally for the first time nice yeah and so it's Gene senior who actually has ownership of some of these old brainstorm mm -hmm. artists international projects and big big town is one of those mm -hmm. and that's how we kind of connect and came together today mm -hmm. now Michelle you've been involved in projects on Frontline Records anyway, as a singer, uh, probably on, what, Daniel Amos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this is the scene where you're coming out as a young artist. There's um, Altar Boys, and obviously we're going to get to Adam again, which was your signature band. Mm -hmm. I, I think that people mm -hmm. know you the best. And uh, But you're right in that scene where Frontline is this new label putting out new artists, and there you are, too. And so why don't we go into uh, Big Big Town? Gosh, you know, here you are. You're almost 22, and you're doing a solo album, your first one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and here's Gene Eugene writing the music for this, and Steve Hindelong of what's called Youth Choir, now The Choir. Mm -hmm. And so he's writing mostly lyric, but it's not really all his lyric, is it? No, Um uh yeah, and Gene wrote a lot of the lyrics as well. And um, when we were talking about doing the solo record, um, we decided to do a collaboration between the three of us. And the and I was not accustomed to writing lyrics at that time, but I wasn't comfortable having somebody else write all the lyrics for me and and basically be singing their thoughts and their heart. So what we would do is just hang out all the time. I would tell them stories of things that I felt were important to me or even just gab about my life. And I even gave Steve my journal, which was Ooh. nauseating, um, <laughs> to do that because, it, you know, it's just me throwing up on pages, basically. And, <laughs> yeah. and here, look at my guts, you know, and, my, and I'm a dork, you know. I mean, it was all just venting anyways, but um, I was... I was happy to do it. I he was a friend of mine. I trusted him, you know, and we all felt pretty comfortable with one another. And that's how the stories of most of the songs came about. That's how we collaborated. And I learned a great deal about songwriting in that process. Right. And in fact, you told me there's a couple songs that Steve remembered some of your story and ended up putting it as a lyric. Such a stinker. I had no idea. <laughs> I, and I, I can't remember, uh, he must have known that he was going to be writing for the record because um, 
I don't think you're safe with Steve Hinnelong anyway when you're telling him stories because I think he's all his wheels are always spinning about lyrics. He's such a poet that it's just his nature to grasp, you know, words. Mm -hmm. And um, I hung out with him quite a bit at that time, and I would see him like even talking to himself, like I know he's just a word guy. <laughs> and um, he, you know, we said we wanted him to do some writing for it. And I remember hanging out at Stephen Derry's studio and telling him stories about, you know, my friend that was driving me crazy and I was so frustrated in certain situations. And then he came back with two songs about the stories I was telling him. And I, was, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm frustrated with her, but I don't know if I want you to put it in a lyric, uh -huh. you know. But it actually was what I was going through at the time. And I realized... That is so smart. And yes, I do like this. That it's poetic and it's something that pe other people can listen to and identify with because it's our everyday situations. And um, one of the songs was, I want to talk about it now. And the other one was, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, a Little Grace. Yes, A Little Grace. A Little Grace. Because I, uh, I think I, what I was talking about was wanting to be understood enough if I could just be extended a little grace during this period of trying to be understood and he really um, attached to that and I had no idea when I was telling him these to me trivial stories about my life he was going to turn into something lovely and um, I'm glad he did it I was a little taken off guard but I'm glad he did it <laughs> let's let's let listeners hear this song a little great. grace great off the album big big town mm -hmm. by Ricky Michelle
Now that other song that Steve got the words from you as well that you mentioned. I want to talk about it. Oh yeah. Hmm. What's that about? I was mad. I was. <laughs> I was so mad. I. You know, I had a. I had a friend that was. It was a frustrating relationship. It was a sweet friend that I'm still friends with, but you know, we were young and silly, and um, I don't even remember the details of the irritation. But I remember, um, I remember going through that with going through a situation with her where I didn't feel like I was being heard. And then I also remember having moments like that with Jean where I just didn't, you know, we all go through that with mm -hmm. the people in our lives where you feel like you have a point and you're just not being heard. And I think I was like wearing poor Steve out with my <laughs> mundane yakety yakking. And I had no idea. He was like, you know, uh -huh. making mental notes of it. And it I remember it making me laugh when I heard the song back at me or when he was telling me about the lyrics because I was like, how did you peg me? That was that was right on the money. And um, at first, you know, it was a little hard to be that vulnerable and it was a little embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And But again, I realized this is where I'm at. This is who I am right now. And this, this is the, these are the topics in my life that I feel are important. So I felt like it was a good representation of what I wanted to put out there. Yeah. So, yeah. so here's, I want to talk about it. Ricky Michelle.
the listeners find such great music like Ricky Michelle and all the other fine artists. Oh, on FrontlineRecords.us. <gasps> Fantastic. Yes. Now, Ricky Michelle, okay, tell us the story behind that. How did you end up with that nickname? Um, I've told so many fibs over the, <laughs> over like the course of 20 years. It's hard to remember exactly how it came about, but I will try to be as honest as I can be. And here's how I think it started. Jean, you know, I was in Adam again, and um, it was just at the beginning. I don't even know if we'd released a record yet. And Gene copped his his nickname, you mm-hmm. know, Gene Eugene. It was his actual his actual name is Eugene, so <laughs> it just made sense, Gene Eugene, and it had a nice ring to it. And I was a little jealous, and I wanted a nickname too. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be a, like a little sassy boy's name. <laughs> and um, I was thinking Ricky or Robbie. And I'm a huge Steely Dan fan. And I, you know, people kn- knew that about me. And like a couple of us would always be saying, Ricky, don't lose that number. So I decided to <laughs> jump on Ricky. And Jean was like, ah, you know, I like Ricky, but I think you need to keep your own name in there as well. I remember having this conversation uh-huh. with him and I was like... <laughs> 
Um, but we kept it and yeah. I'm, I'm glad we did, you know, it just kind of stuck over the years and yeah. And you still, still hung on to it even with your latest album. I did. Yeah. And you know, the reason I, I've, I have to be honest with having a nickname over the years, it hasn't been the most comfortable thing because you want to be your most authentic self. Mm -hmm. Um, but I realized that that is a very deep, deep part of who I am and it has a big, you know, chunk of my life and my growing up and uh you know my experience in it and I just decided it's also um how a lot of people that I still don't know identify with our music mm -hmm. so I just kind of felt it was important to hang on to it and it, it still feels like me you know yeah. it still feels like a big part of me yeah um so I'm all right with it good I'm okay with it good <laughs> and you know on this big big town album we hear your voice and with Gene's writing and his production and all of that, we hear Adam again in that mm -hmm. crazy, oh, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you're known as, you know, this female voice and also with your dancing, you know, in the performance and all of that, you're just feeling this music and you're such a huge part of Adam again. And we have, you know, such great Adam again fans are so solid. Mm -hmm. And so we, we see this coming, even though this was before an Adam again album mm -hmm. was released and right. And so, uh, was did, it, did we have an Adam I again think before? Was it in, in a new world of time came out first. Okay. On broken records. In fact, yes. Yes. And right. then, um, big, uh, no, then homeboys maybe. Okay. No dig 10 songs. Oh yes. 10 songs. Yeah. Yes. 10 songs and oh. then my solo record okay. and then homeboys. I, it's all like when I think about that time, like, yeah. what came first? Yeah. And yeah. so we're still seeing, we're hearing this Adam again influence on your solo project and it's, it's fun. You know, I mean, it's fun to just have you more featured and prominent and yet you've got this background of, well, let's, let's chalk it up to the the mastermind of the music, which is Gene Eugene. And we both had um, the same influences in our lives. And I mean, the work of Adam again is some of my favorite music and, and was my favorite types of grooves at the time. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I wanted it to have those flavors. Uh, Around that same time, I was also listening to, I think Soul to Soul just came out with a new record um, or the first Soul to Soul record I'd ever heard. I think Janet Jackson just came out with a new solo record. Um, that kind of um, uh, sort of flight from the funk music movement into that like new laid back loungy soul scene was important to me as well. Mm -hmm. So we talked about that and, and tried to incorporate those types of grooves where it wasn't, it wasn't an Adam again groove. It wasn't the funk groove. It wasn't the talking heads groove, mm -hmm. but it was some sort of like morph between everything that we were experiencing at the time. Yeah. Now there's a couple interesting titles on this project. There's two bride song titles, 19, 84 and 1989, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What happened there? What, what, in um, your journal, how, where did that come from? Well, um, <laughs> that's, that's, that didn't come from my journal. That's real life <laughs> stuff. That's, um, when I married Jean Eugene, it was in 1984. I was 18 years old. I don't recommend getting married at 18 yeah, years old, but it's what we did. Yeah. It's what we did. Um, and we did all the music for the wedding and he wrote, 1984 for me to come down the aisle to Ooh. the night before the wedding. <laughs> um, he wrote it the night before the wedding. I believe so. Yeah, yeah there was. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I think we recorded it like nine o'clock at night the night before. And I walked down the aisle to it or something <laughs> like that. It was, but it was like the day before the wedding uh -huh. and we were up very late. Um, and it was, it sort of represents, the commitment and the sweetness of the relationship. And, you know, it's kind of a broad look at connection between someone. So, um, to us, it all had, it also had sort of a, there was a spiritual connection there too. And then the 1989 song was the more realistic view of <laughs> five years later five years into later. the marriage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where you're kind of worn out yeah. and you've, been through the ringer, the honeymoon's over, the wedding's mm -hmm. over. 
um, and the realistic look at what you go through and yet you're kind of still hanging on. And um, I felt that was very sweet and um, both of them totally needed to be on the same record together. I like it. Well, let's listen to both back to back then. Tell me, say the bride song, 1984, and then the bride song, 89, I believe. (laughs) Five years later, here it is. I'll take a step onto a Terry Taylor snuck a song in here. How'd that happen? He did. Uh, we were all hanging out at the time. Um, 
We were doing a lot of recording at um, Stephen Derry's studio in, well, I want to say somewhere in Orange County. I'm not exactly sure what town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were hanging out there a lot. Um, we would do some recording there with Daniel Amos and some different studios around the OC and hanging out with those guys. And when we were talking about doing the solo record, um, we asked Terry if he'd like to submit a song. Um, and he submitted Ghost in the Rain. And that ended up being one of my favorite songs on the record. It was so sweet. And the lyrics are intense but lovely. And I just, I, I still love it to this day. Cool, cool. Love it. Well, let's hear it, listeners. Ghost in the Rain by Terry Taylor on Ricky Michelle's album, Big Big Town.
So this is Big Big Town by Ricky Michelle. Here she is. She's still doing music. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so this album was released in 1989, and for the first time, it's available digitally. Yay. Yay. So we're talking iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, you name it. That's digital. Here it is. Go get it. All right, now, let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to your <laughs> new album. I mean, Big Big Town is good, but you've grown so much as an artist, your own person. Mm -hmm. And that's what I hear in this, this new project, Push. Here, I've got a picture of it right here. Here's her album, Push. It's amazing. Thank you. And really you collaborated and also had a producer who is amazing, Margaret Becker. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of take us through how you connected with her how you decided to, well, let's go ahead. I mean, mm -hmm. I think maybe your journal was pretty full and you're ready to let some things out, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since Big Big Town, and I've gone through so, so much. All of those years of learning experiences and um, did a second and a third solo record. Um, it wasn't until really my third solo record that I started to really step out on my own. Um, and truly find myself and it just comes with age and maturity, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, uh, you know, I had a band together in Nashville and was doing gigs and then I started having babies mm -hmm. and which is wonderful, yes. but it was time to step back and not do music for a while, you know, and even after I had the kids, it was still pretty active in music. Um, but when they became an age where it was all manageable to get out and, and start feeling creative again, it was time, that was about two years ago, I started thinking about doing another recording and getting pretty serious about it. Um, and about a little over a year ago, I think, a friend of mine um, asked me, we'd, we'd gone to Nashville and then moved back to California, kind of back and forth a couple of times. And um, a friend of mine asked if I could surprise my friend Marie McGilvery for her 50th <laughs> birthday party. And I was like, gee, I don't know if I can do it, you know, and and when is it? Maybe, you know, I can do that two week in advance thing. And she's like, well, it's this Saturday. <laughs> I was talking to her on a Wednesday. So Dave and I were discussing how we could make this trip happen. It would be so special to my one of my dearest mm -hmm. friends. And he said, well, if you could make it into a writing trip. If you could, you know, get together with some peeps, put your feelers out, see if anyone can write with you while you're there, we could possibly make it work because <laughs> that's what we were going for, trying to gather songs for a record. So I put my feelers out to a lot of people. Well, the two that were available within two days were Margaret Becker <laughs> and Rick Kua, cool. who I just met a few weeks prior to that face-to-face. -face. We've known each other or about each other for years and years, but mm -hmm. had never met face to face. And he is one of the nicest humans on the planet, Aww. hands down. Everyone will say that. Yeah. So anyways, I um, surprised my friend. It was fantastic on a Saturday night. Margaret had Saturday open. And the thought of going in and writing with someone, I don't care who it is, it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. The thought of writing with Margaret Becker is like quadruple terrifying mm -hmm. to me. And I went to her house. And showed up shaking like a chihuahua on her porch. <laughs> and she's like, girl, come in and settle down. She gave me a blanket, yeah. gave me a glass of wine, mm. and said, okay, let's do this. You know, mm -hmm. and we talked about certain things that I was already doing. And I gave her some ideas and played her some little snippets of these little recordings I had on my phone. Mm -hmm. And we knocked out a song together. Great. And I just, I wanted to hug her the whole time. It was the most comfortable, mm -hmm. nurturing experience for me. And at the end of our session, we were just talking about my future and what I wanted and what kind of record I wanted to make. And um, I just kind of in passing asked her, do you produce? And she <laughs> said, well, yes, I do. And we didn't say anything about it more, much more than that. And, and she did say, you know, I'll, I, I would really like to write with you again. I'll be as involved as you want me to be. Mm -hmm. And that's how she left it. And I knew on the flight home that that's the direction I wanted to go. And by the time I got home, I was figuring out how to make the plans. And I called her and said, uh, I want you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you in? <laughs> and she said, yes, I'm in. And then we just started the whole process of talking about what kind of sounds we wanted. We started sharing music back and forth. 
I didn't know it, but it turns out she listens to the same type of music mm-hmm. I listen to. So she was no stranger to the little snippets I was sending her here and there and little samples of music that I liked. And then we started Skyping together to write music together. Yeah. So I would... I would be out in my car and rattle something off in my phone and then text it to her, and then we'd have a Skype session about it, and we'd make it into a tune. Love it. Yeah, it was a really comfortable and lovely experience. Great. I'm a big fan of hers. Me too. Yeah. That's got to be crazy to work with one of your, you know, you're a big fan of this person, Mm -hmm. and yet she's so real and easygoing and Mm -hmm. just puts you at ease. Uh, It's wonderful. Now, you call this album Push, Mm -hmm. and one of the songs is Push. Mm -hmm. How do we get there? Well, um, the whole process of the record, when I started thinking about writing for the record, uh, I was in San Diego. Um, We decided to move back to Nashville because we thought it would be um, better, you know, for the family's future. We had a community there. We loved it here, but financially it just seemed to be... um, a better fit to go back to Nashville. We were there for about four or five months and my sister became very ill. Um, and we thought she had the flu and within a few weeks found out that she had colon cancer and it spread to her liver and it was taking her very quickly. Um, that was a game changer. And, um, I flew back a couple of times to be with her and the second time that I was with her, she passed away. And that was all in a matter of a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And that was a catalyst of a lot of the lyrics sure. um, on the on the record, Push, and, and including the song Push. Mm-hmm. It originally was about that event that kind of takes you into the most uncomfortable place in your life and the determination to hang on and move ahead with hope. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, it, it, it encapsulates a little bit of the grief I went through, the determination I went through to come out of it on the other side, yeah. and um, the way you look at life when you do come out on the other side. So yeah, that's yeah. what it's about. And I can relate to that. My husband uh, was diagnosed with sinus cancer about mm. a year and a half ago. That's right. Yeah. He went through surgery and decided against radiation and chemo. And so we've been on a, a different type of uh, nutrition mm-hmm. plan and mm-hmm. supplements and that kind of thing. He's mm-hmm. doing well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is all about hope. Mm-hmm. And no matter what doctors say, yep. you know, as far as their diagnosis, I've never seen anybody pull through this without right. radiation and chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and you push through it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And the determination that mm-hmm. you have to... Listen to the voice, go with the flow, and then come out of it. You know, you might be, you might not be unscathed, mm-hmm. but you've learned a lot, and it's the determination to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So here it is Push, Ricky Michelle, off her album Push. Oh, 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 oh,
Now, Michelle, one of the one of my favorite songs, and it's the one that closes the album. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mama, hey. <laughs> Tell us about it. I love it. I got so much energy and it's fun. This is it was a this song was a dream come true on two two different complete levels. Um, about a year and a half ago, I went to an artist camp called Chick Camp Girls Only. <laughs> All right, Girls Gone Wild. Yep. <laughs> um, it was mostly musical artists, but I brought a ton of my friends who weren't artists. It's a it was a weekend artist fun thing out in a winery. So we literally pitched our tents in grapevines <laughs> and um, they had an artist tent set up like little, when I say tent, I just mean a little like pop-up uh-huh. and then um, a little tent. The, and the artist tent had uh, amp and some musical instruments and they had an art tent with all kinds of different arts and crafts stuff going on. So it was a really creative weekend. When you first get there, they give you a theme and the theme was harvest. You may write a song, write a poem, write a play, anything you want to. Then on Saturday night, you may share it uh-huh. if you'd like. You know, no one was pressured to do anything. And I just felt such a camaraderie with all of these women. And having gone to Nashville, where I have some deep connections, there's some really um, true friends like sisters that I've had for years and years and years. And coming back to La Mesa, where I have really deep connections here, they don't go mm-hmm. back years and years, but feel like I have sisters here too. And then going to this chick camp, mm-hmm. where you kind of just like really bond with other artists, mm-hmm. it was so amazing. So I wrote this "Hey Mama Hey" <laughs> line that um, I thought these women could sing. So on Saturday night, um, because I don't play very well yet <laughs> in front of people. Um, I taught it to all the girls, which were about maybe 50, mm-hmm. 60 girls. Mm-hmm. We're all sitting under the stars, and I knew that some of them could harmonize, and I taught them that, hey, mama, hey. Uh-huh. And they all started harmonizing, and I said, just sing it over and over again. And I sang a line over the top of all of these voices oh. singing, and it was the most, it was the sweetest. Mm most beautiful moment it was everything that I dreamed it would be I'd been yeah. thinking about it for uh-huh. two days you know <laughs> and I was hoping that it would be that way and everybody got teary and it was really sweet and after I was done singing my part they just kept singing it over oh. and over it gives me chills to think about it yeah. so I knew 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 that I wanted it to be on the record and I yeah. wasn't sure if I wanted it to be an acapella number or if I wanted to put music to it but it almost sounded had a tribal nature mm-hmm. to me yes and um, like another song on the record, I feel so I, I re- deeply mm, feel connected mm-hmm. to everyone, mm-hmm. no matter what your background is. And I deeply feel connected to my female friends. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those times where I felt so deeply connected. So it kind of morphed into a little bit more tribal flavors, mm-hmm. adding a little bit of... Um, musicians to it but when I got to Nashville since I had deep relationships there I was able to get some of my dearest friends on it we did one take where (laughs) we got you know eight girls Uh um, including myself and Margaret in in the recording studio and we sang it over and over again and then we added some clapping (laughs) and then Maggie was like okay if you feel comfortable, I'm going to point to you and I just want you to like go off and sing your own thing, do your own yeah. thing. And all of them got like, <laughs> including me, yeah. I'm not comfortable with this either. She is. I think Maggie's the only one really super comfortable uh-huh. with this. Um, we all got, you know, like deer in the headlights. You're kidding me, right? Yeah. But they were all game. They're like, yeah. okay, let's do it. Yeah. So she did. She pointed at everyone and Somebody would do their own thing, and it totally sounded like them. My one friend, Marie, Ooh. she's a singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. and she's gorgeous and yes. has this beautiful voice. My one friend from New Zealand, Tosh McGill, just happened to be in town, oh. and she's such a special friend. She's got this really deep, sultry, and she brought in her like low notes. And then one of my other friends, Tom Granger's wife, Holly, uh-huh. she and I did this thing together. I mean, it was just so sweet. Everyone down the line, then Jude Mason, she was like... Hey, mama, mama, mama. <laughs> and we, that line was so perfect. We just kept like putting, you know, yeah. flying it into different parts. Right. And, 
Um, all of it just made me so happy and so excited. And I think um, it's one of the most special, intimate moments on the entire record. Yeah. And every time I hear it, I get tears in my eyes. Mm -hmm. And I hear them all and I see all their faces. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me so happy. I love it. All right, here we go. Hey, Mama, hey. Off push. Awesome day for me, Michelle. Thank you for coming to my home. My you hood. are welcome. I love it. And I love hearing the stories behind your music. And really, it's, it's to me, it's really different. It's night and day, big, big town and push. And it's exciting to see you as an artist just transforming. And, mm -hmm. um, and you've had albums in between, yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's been a, uh, a pattern of, of moving on and moving into different things. But uh, I'm excited. I, I really enjoy that very first album and I enjoy your most recent album. And I really hope listeners will grab both of them. You know, I mean, they're both going to be available for the first time, Big Big Town digitally and pushes out there on CD. 
and digitally. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thanks. Thank you so much for giving us this time and for giving us this music. And, um, my pleasure. God bless you, my you friend. You too. You too. Thanks for coming out. Thank you. Check out Ricky Michelle on her new music. Fly, 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 fly.